Hey everybody, welcome to our podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Karen. And I'm Charlie. <laughs> and this is The Walking Dead Cast, Episode 7. This week we're not going to have a Dead Cast Top 5 or a This Week in Zombies because we're dedicating this whole episode to Walking Dead artist Charlie Adlard. And we have a special guest today who's kind of a Charlie Adlard expert. <laughs> Actually, okay, it's Charlie Adlard. He's on today. Hi, Charlie. Hello. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Good. So, Charlie, he's been the artist on The Walking Dead since almost the beginning, since issue seven, which was way back in 2004. And he's also had a long and storied career. He's done Judge Dredd, X-Files, The Establishment from Wildstorm, and a bunch of others. And the first thing that I wanted to know, Charlie, is what what is it that you especially like about working on The Walking Dead? Oh, what do I like about it? Um, well, I like about the fact that it is, um, yeah, same as Robert, really, that it's an ongoing saga, uh, and obviously, I wouldn't have lasted 77 issues, uh, not 77, because that would be the complete run, uh, 70 issues if, um, if it wasn't for the fact that it hadn't kept me hooked for that long myself as a fan. So, um, um, and of course, it's not the concept of zombies that really hooked me, and it was the characters, you know, and as soon as I read the script, I knew, you know, for issue seven, that was, I knew that Robert had was onto something uh, a bit more interesting in, than your average uh, horror comic so um and i just kind of ended up going along for the ride yeah i'm amazed actually it's pretty rare these days that an artist will uh, stay on a book that long and i wonder if you I'm amazed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah if you get tired of it or i mean but so apparently you're hanging you want to know what's going to happen just like the rest of us and that helps <laughs> i'm hanging in there as you were right to say <laughs> um yeah, it is. It's just one of those books that seem to, you know, keep going with, you know, you think the idea of something like this would be fairly limited concept, but, um, you know, somehow, somehow Robert's making it not a limited concept, which, you know, is obviously the, the whole idea and you know, the reason why the fans and myself, you know, want to keep going with it. Were you a fan of zombies before you started doing this? Not particularly. Um, I mean... No more than your average sort of movie fan. You know, I've always been a movie fan, but, um, you know, I like all sorts of genres. You know, there's not, not one specific genre I completely dislike or completely love, you know. Mm -hmm. I suppose I tend to lean towards our, our sort of genre, the horror sci-fi material a bit more than, than anything else. But, you know, I, you know I, I like a good old drama. I like a good old drama as much as the next person. <laughs> so, you know, um, it's... So when Robert came up, like I say, when Robert came up with the idea to me, you know, it was it wasn't like I say, it wasn't the fact it was a zombie comic, but it was it was the you know, it was the characters. But you know, I like I like you know I like the shall we say the bog standard zombie movies. You know, I, I do I do like and appreciate you know obviously George Romero's early oeuvre. Uh, <laughs> the later oeuvre tends <laughs> lends a lot to be desired, but. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Shaun of the Dead's great. You know, Twenty Eight yeah, Days yeah. is great. You know, it's it's all the obvious ones which are great. You know, and all the unobvious ones, uh, rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know, it's the one that 
the ones everyone else deems to be rubbish, I tend to look at. But yeah, they were right. You know, yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the comic is, like you say, is more about the characters, and it has a very real world feel a lot of the times. And there's no zombies on the scene, which can mean people standing around a lot. But I mean, are you okay with that? As opposed to like drawing action superhero things and stuff like that. Well, I think I think that's where um, my my sort of skill sets do come in a bit more than um, a bit more than average. Um, I'm pretty good at drawing that sort of stuff, and I do actually enjoy it. I see it as a challenge. Um, you know, it's, it's I've always maintained that it's actually quite easy to draw. You know great big action sequences, especially if you're limited to like one or, yeah, not limited, especially when it's expanded to, you know, one or two panels a page and you can do the big dramatic splash shot each time. But whereas, you know, I, you know, it's quite a challenge to draw seven panels of people talking and make it look interesting, you know, vary the camera, you know, inverted commas, the camera angles and uh, do stuff like that. You know, um, one of the things that we, Jason and I both love about the comic is the, the quiet moments when there's no dialogue at all. Um, mm. how, how do you work with Robert to make those happen when there's very little dialogue and it's just, it's, uh, it, it conveys so much? Um, what do you do with that? God, how do I do it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree with you and definitely the, the quiet moments are the bits that really uh, – float my boat as well um mm-hmm. but um god how do i do it <laughs> I, I think very filmically um like i say i mean i'm a big it, it, i suppose if you're talking films as well i'm you know being a, an all-round film fan it's uh, it does help that you're seeing lots of different getting lots of different um inspirations and etc etc but I, i'm a very um I'm a very natural artist. I find it very hard to explain how I do it. I just seem yeah. to do it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, when I sit in, in the studio first thing in the morning, because, you know, I've got a wife and family, and once the kids are at school, I'm I'm at the drawing board. And I literally do start from, you know, get a new page ready, start from, you know, top uh, left-hand corner and work to bottom right-hand corner. It's as systematic as that, every single page. So... Mm-hmm. I just, I suppose I go into some sort of zen-like <laughs> trance as I'm drawing. Uh, and it just seems to kind of happen. <laughs> That's all I can really, yeah. really explain. You mentioned your family. Um, my my wife used to be an illustrator, and so I asked her, you know, hey, I'm going to be interviewing Charlie Adlard. What should I ask him? And she said she wanted to know, before you were married, how did girls react when you said you are a comic artist? <laughs> <laughs> ah, interesting. Um, there is a there was an advert on British TV a couple of years ago. I can't remember what it was for, but it was a sort of a male fantasy, uh, like POV shot of this guy walking around talking to these girls. And one girl does say in one very brief sequence, "Oh, you're into comic books too. So am I." You know. <laughs> 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 that was a fantasy sequence. <laughs> the biggest fantasy sequence, yeah. Um, uh, you see, my wife has a really unhealthy disregard disregard for for the medium and what I do, so it probably keeps me fairly great. Keeps my ego <laughs> ego. Check. And it's kind of funny because my kids aren't 
that interested either. I mean, my eldest is kind of interested if I've drawn something particularly nasty. <laughs> uh, other than that, you know, if, if they come into the studio and go, what are you drawing? And I show them a page of people talking, they just sort of just go, mm, like that, and just mm-hmm. walk out very, uh, <laughs> very unimpressed. Are you listening to music while you work? I listen to the radio. Um, I'm, I'm, I am a big music fan, which is a problem listening to music because it would distract me. Um, you know, I'd get into it and and start listening to the music rather than working. So the radio is a good, um, I don't like silence. So the radio is a good, um, uh, compromise because I can, you know, just sort of have it in the background babbling away and, uh, and I can still concentrate. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Do you, uh, it sounds like you really enjoy the drawing while you're doing it. Is that true? Oh, God, oh, of course. <laughs> it's, it's not the sort of job that if you hated doing it, you certainly wouldn't be doing it. Do you know? <laughs> uh, I mean, you, if you hated doing it, the motivation to getting, in, getting to it would be hard enough, let alone... Um, yeah, let alone the motivation anyway, even if you enjoy it sometimes. Uh, I find the older I get, the more I procrastinate in the morning, you know. And the computer has been, uh, the advent of the computer has been a deadly tool, especially in the last sort of 10 years since I've had it in the studio because, you know, first thing in the morning I'll turn it on. And if there's nothing interesting coming on emails or anything like that, you know, I'll, I'll actively sort of look for something interesting for about half an hour before I get to work, instead of thinking, oh, there's nothing interesting on the emails, I'll, I'll get to work, you know. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I was just playing piano for a friend the other day, and he said, I didn't know you knew how to play. And I said, all, the, I. <laughs> <laughs> all those songs are the ones I learned before the internet was invented. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so true. <laughs> so um, when you, do you ever just draw something that's not, you know, a work for hire, just for your own pleasure? Um, apologies for the knocking. (laughs) I have the builders in. Um, (laughs) uh, my own pleasure. Um, no, not really. I just don't have the time. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, every day there's something to do, you know, which I, I, which is not me moaning at all. I'm, I'm, I'm eternally grateful for that. Um, but I mean, I look, other projects I look for um, are, are obviously something that I'd like to do, you know, inverted commas, for fun. So, and The Walking Dead, you know, it has been fantastic to me and, and financially it pays the bills and then some. So, uh, you know, other projects that I do do occasionally and I look for, you know, I, I, it's not a, a money factor. I, I can actually do it just because, yeah, I can pick and choose and think, well, that'd be interesting one to do. Oh, it's not paid? Oh, it doesn't matter. You know? So um, there, there is that luxury I have. So you could argue that the stuff I do fun is are, other, are the other projects, but I just like to keep working, you know, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charlie, what, what are you having them build there? <laughs> I'm having an extension built to my studio, believe it or not. Literally, so my studio, I'm, gl- I'm glad you haven't got me on video because literally I'm sitting amongst sort of cardboard boxes. This is right in my studio. I'm sitting amongst cardboard boxes. Everything's got sheets over it uh, to, to stop the dust. I mean, it, we're calming down a bit now. <laughs> <laughs> I heard you on another podcast and, and you were saying that you moved into a house that was 
owned by a doctor and it um had a surgery in it mm. is that right well that's that's what i'm actually in at the moment it's the existing surgery i mean good god there's not like operating tables in here or anything like that's that. what i was wondering oh that's too bad it'd be so <laughs> That would be quite apt, wouldn't it? But yes, no, 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 it's just a space. But I'm having a just a room built on the side, just just to house some more books mm-hmm. <laughs> and things. And upstairs, I'm having I know it's a very, I'm having basically having a room full of boys' toys. I'm having a home cinema upstairs and stuff. So and a drum room, <laughs> my own drum room. <laughs> Fabulous. Are you are you still playing drums in your band? Oh, yes, we had a gig last weekend, in fact, in Strasbourg, believe it or not. <laughs> that was our European tour, the one gig. <laughs> mm-hmm. What were you playing? Was it a, was it a, a um, concert, a, a bar? It was, was actually, it? it was a film festival, and um, the organized, uh, one of the organisers is a big comics fan. He's trying to sort of shoehorn comics into it somewhere, and obviously because of the TV show, etc., he asked me ages ago, and he was being really, really, ins- really persuasive on emails. And I was ifing and ahhing for ages about going there because Strasbourg from the UK is, is you know, even though it's relatively near, is not the easiest place to get. You've got to change and what have you in Paris, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So yeah, um, I was kind of not that enthusiastic. And then he mentioned the fact that they had live bands playing, and I sort of half jokingly said, "Oh, you could have my band play." And <laughs> And after that, he was like really enthusiastic to get us over. And yeah, next thing we know, we're playing. Um, well, we actually, believe it or not, um, are you a fan of Italian horror? Um, we'll like, say yes. Like, like <laughs> films of, well, for instance, Dario Argento, like Suspiria, Inferno. No, yes. No, no. they've done, there's some Italian zombie movies, right? Uh, yeah, oh, God, yeah, there's loads. Yeah, yeah, yeah haven't seen them. <laughs> loads of the 70s, 80s ones. Um, well, Dario Argento was, um, uh, I suppose, the, the, he, the, at one point they called him the Italian Hitchcock, which was a bit of a misnomer. Because, <laughs> I mean, he was great in the 70s and the early 80s. He's appalling now. I've seen some of his later films. They're just awful. But anyway, uh, in the <laughs> 70s, the music was, was written by this guy called Claudio Simonetti of, uh, of, a ba- of an Italian prog rock band called Goblin. Uh, and Suspiria is one of my favourite horror movies, actually. Um, so if you ever get the chance, get Suspiria out on DVD or Blu-ray. It's unbelievably good. But um, anyway, he's he, he since since Goblin disbanded and since he sort of stopped writing for, for movies, you know, sort of firsthand, he's, he's formed, he formed a, a heavy metal outfit called Demonia. <laughs> and that's who we supported so I was a bit in awe because it was like Claudio Simonetti was like oh my god you were <laughs> yeah. you were in Goblin Ooh. <laughs> so I was a bit I was a bit of a uh, but it was kind of weird because the rest of the guys in the band were guys in their 30s yeah they saw well how you'd imagine Italian heavy metal bloke to look like I don't know I don't know what images that conjures up but um, oh yeah um, and Claudio, who's a guy in his late 50s, so it looks like a band that's got their dad in because he's got a bit of money or something, but the dad <laughs> insisted he joined the band. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> they were, they were, they were, well, they were okay, <laughs> if you like. <laughs> that's great. What's, what's the name of your band, Charlie? We're called, we're called Mind Power Cosmic. 
as in what the silver surfer says. So, yeah, fine. Ah, oh, cosmic. <laughs> so the comics link, because, you know, Phil Winslade, the comic artist. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, he's a, he plays guitar in the band as well. So we, we're, uh, we were actually formed to play a convention a couple of years back with Liam Sharp on vocals as well. But uh, Liam got so busy that he couldn't sort of didn't couldn't get the time to keep up with the band. So we got in a couple of uh, other guys, and uh, yeah, it's, and we changed the name then because before we were called Giant Size Band Thing. And, <laughs> Very good. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, Do you guys have some music up online? We will soon. We, we aim to get recording as soon as possible. We've just been so busy because we had a gig in at the Bristol Convention in uh, in May, and we yeah. the two other yeah we only just got the two other guys in in January, so they had to learn the set as it was for for Bristol because we don't we don't practice that often because it is only a a fun band you know we have to keep reminding yeah. ourselves as we get really serious about it, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then and then of course the Strasbourg thing reared its head, and lots of us were on holiday. You know, I had San Diego and things like that. In in the meanwhile, so we, we sort of, but hopefully now we've got a bit of bit, bit of extra time. We're going to get knuckle on down because because the idea of this band is actually to do original material. We yeah, we don't want to do uh, uh, we don't want to be uh, a bunch of cover things doing sad cover bands in sad covers in pubs, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I love those bands. <laughs> of course. That's why there's so many of them. Yeah. All right. Let's bring it back to the comic for a minute. Yes. That's, that's okay. what we're going to be talking about. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm just curious. So we've been talking about how uh, Kirk, Robert Kirkman, he wrote this intro in the first trade. And in, in that, he said that uh, Walking Dead isn't so much about trying to be scary. He said, if you are scared, that's great. But it, it's, you know, more about the characters and the survivalist aspect and everything. But I'm curious, do you, do you agree with that? And do you ever try to draw scary? Well, zombie movies, zombie stories, whatever, aren't, aren't scary per se, as in the classical haunted house sort of woo, scary kind of thing anyway. Um, I've, ne- I've never been actually scared by a zombie film, like hiding behind the sofa type scared. What is scary about them is I think um, is that they represent you know the apocalypse more than any other classic sort of genre staple. So I think from from that point of view, uh, he's he's you know Robert's definitely right about it not being scary in in, term- in that sort of terms. And, and also, it's really hard to be, you know, classically scary in a comic book because you can turn a page. It's yeah. not like something can jump out at you because, yeah. you know, it, by the very motion of turning a page, you can, you know, it's just, it's just, it's totally impossible. That's why I think horror comics are kind of a weird thing to do because the whole idea of horror is to be scared and... Uh, or classically, say, I keep saying scared, I say classically scared. There are certainly ways to be scary and you know and, and affect people and shock them and things yeah, like disturbing. that disturbing disturb people but to be actually you know as, as i keep saying scary in that classic sense i think is 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 beyond our remit to be honest hmm. yeah i mean the previews <laughs> of the tv show look like they're going to be able to capture that kind of thing a lot better 
Yeah, I mean, I think by just, just like I say, in, in the terms of... It's very hard for zombies to leap out at you because they move so slow. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you've got to sort of set up your scares in a, in a clever, in a probably more cleverer way than, 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 than other sort of classic horror uh, ways. But uh, sure. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's, I think zombie films are definitely a lot more disturbing, yeah. you know, in, in terms of like what they represent. And, and, you know, I think, I think zombie films probably show up society a lot more than other other sort of type of type of horror genres. Definitely. Oh yeah, often the the most scary character in a in in the zombie genre is the human. <laughs> of course, it, it, I mean I know it's a cliche, but it always is because yeah. right. after you know after half an hour, the zombies you know aren't. It's one of those things in every zombie film, every zombie story. The only reason the zombies uh, succeed in eating everybody, which generally seems to be what happens, is, is is the fact that the humans are totally infallible and they screw up themselves. You know, so uh, whereas in other monster stories or or horror stories, it doesn't necessarily have to be that the humans screw up you know they could be just so deadly that the beasts or whatever are after the people you know that they can uh you know it's just a basically run and hide sort of scenario whereas with zombies if everyone if everyone was seriously together it, they would be quite easy to fend off and keep fending off you know <laughs> the zombies in the walking dead though uh, seem to be a little bit sneakier than other zombies i've seen you reckon? <laughs> yeah, I mean, people like you know, like Donna. She, well, I guess she shouldn't have gone off. Well, that was her own stupidity, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I guess so. <laughs> into, uh, into a front door or whatever, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. I think that was like, totally self-evident. The, the kind of the stupidity of, of uh, you know, she wasn't, you know, she wasn't the brightest spark in the. <laughs> <laughs> Glad to see her That's go. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Char- Charlie, what's your um, favorite character to draw? To draw, probably. Yeah. I mean, it, again, it's a fairly obvious one. It's Michonne. I, I just really, if Robert ever killed her, I'd be seriously pissed off. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. you know. Apart, from, yeah, I do. I do really. There's no one I don't enjoy drawing. Um, I, Who's your favorite character, just in general? In general, um, is it her too? It, it, she she's up there, but I also think Andrea's really interesting because me too. She's my favorite. You no, know, because she's come the furthest in a lot of ways. Yeah, her character has been really interesting, and uh, so so's Carl's. Obviously, Carl's is probably the most interesting of the characters, actually. But uh, it's just a bugger to try and to draw children. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, it's just one of those. Um, they're really, they're really hard to get right, and to get the right age as well. Specifically, um, it's easier to draw sort of babies. Well, not no babies are really hard to draw, but it's easier to draw sort of toddlers or you know, five, mm-hmm. you know, four, five year olds. But when you get into Carl's age, which is you know, he's probably nine now. I think you know, nine. I mean, I've got a nine year old anyway, so I keep looking at him. And I'm, <laughs> I'm drawing. I'm drawing Carl way uh, half the time. I think I'm drawing Carl way too young. In a more, I'm drawing in a more cliched child sort of way. But when you try and draw him older, he just suddenly morphs into a teenager, and you're like, going, "No, no, that's too old." <laughs> so, 
Stop. The ones that are the best to draw are the are the older characters where you can get a bit more into the you know into the mark making into the skin. So I really enjoyed drawing Dale, for instance. Yeah, you know, Dale was a great one to draw, and I'm really enjoying drawing. Um, I've forgotten his name. No, whoever's leading the community, the the guy with the goatee. I forgot his name too, but yeah. Yeah, again, he's a guy in his sixties, and it's just really interesting to draw somebody like that. And every time I draw him, it just seems to come out right. You know. Out. Uh, whereas Carl, you know, sometimes I'm rubbing out the face at least two or three times to get it uh, vaguely okay. <laughs> mm. hmm. When you draw these characters, do you think of them as either people you know or at least you feel like they're real people? Well, it's, I mean, Robert's skill is to make them, you know, feel like real people. I mean, his dialogue is exceptional. I mean, once it's, you read it in the script, and I don't know, there's a kind of an element of, um, it, it doesn't sound as, as real as you see it when it's on the page. I don't know why, but there's there's something about reading it in script form that's not as, to- I mean, it's still good, but as soon as I see it in the comic or when I get sent the, 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 the proofs to, to just to go through, you know, and I'm reading it. I'm just thinking, God, that's just incredibly naturalistic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the guy can just, just yeah. You know, some, some of, some of the stuff they say is you just think, wow, that's just, well, yeah, that's exactly what that character would say. There's no conceit to it whatsoever. It's, uh, it's incredibly well, you know, thought out. I think that's yeah, awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's one of the things I love about the comic is that you just get so attached to the people because they seem so real. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that's the classic, isn't it? You know, if you, if you don't care for the characters, you're not going to care for them when they get dispatched either, are you? So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Charlie, Charlie have, have you been to to Atlanta to the to the set? I have indeed. Yes, I was. I was a zombie on the set. <laughs> <laughs> Did you go to zombie school? No, I didn't go to zombie school. I, I was. I just came in for three days um, when they were filming the big. Well, they they termed it Zombie Weekend, which was the big uh, zombie stuff that was taking place where, in Atlanta itself, where they literally sealed off four streets worth for uh, uh, you know, and set dressed it like the apocalypse, obviously. Uh, it was just amazing. It felt like I was on the set of a proper movie, you know. I mean, TV shows I know I know nowadays virtually have you know movie budgets, but you know it was it was quite incredible to be on to see all this uh, all this stuff just going on. It was it was amazing. And like I said, I was uh, I, I had the opportunity to be a zombie for two days, but uh, what I what I found was that obviously being a zombie, you were you felt like you should be with the extras and uh, so you sort of shepherded off and, and when you weren't required on set, you were, you were in a in a room waiting to go on set. And at that time I was thinking, oh yeah, I really want to be up, upstairs watching what's going on. So, um, so yeah, so I, I just did it for a day in the end. But I'm kind of glad as well because the heat was just punishing out there. I, I My heart just went out to all of the, the actors and cast and crew had to endure that week especially the zombies it's well especially anyone in makeup it was just intense i mean even but even you know stuff with that andrew lincoln was shooting that obviously who played plays rick you know he was uh 
you know, he's walking around, you know, I was sweating in just a t-shirt and shorts, you know, standing in the shade and it was blisteringly hot. He was in the middle of the sun, you know, in this full policeman's gear, having to crawl under tanks and things like that. You just think, I'd just be a wreck, you know, I'd just be wow. a, a wet, sweaty mess on the floor. <laughs> so I mean, it was it was amazing, and the guy, the zombie, the people in proper, yeah. I mean, I was in the proper zombie makeup, but yeah, to to be standing there, especially on the second day, thankfully, which I didn't do, standing there with the sun, literally no shade, sun beating straight down on the street. They were hanging around, and they had two great white reflective boards on either side as well. It was just, they looked so uncomfortable. And I was just thinking, oh, I'm so glad I'm stood here with my drink. I love the shape of this very tall building. You know? <laughs> Are they going to be able to capture all the winter scenes? Well, this is going to be interesting. I mean, um, obviously, if we go do go to season two, it will be, you know, uh, well, for me personally, it will be the interesting stuff because they'll get around to my illustrations Plus, yeah. yeah, plus, of course, it's getting cold, you know. So, you know, standing there in the 35-degree heat with 100% humidity, I was thinking, does this place actually get cold? But obviously <laughs> it does, you know. Um, so, yeah, that's going to be so – I'll, 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 be, I'll be up for going out there again next year if, if there is another season just to, cool. just to not be so uncomfortable in the – sweaty heat <laughs> and, and to see your work um brought to yeah, life yeah. must be surreal i mean that would be amazing well it was the surreal surrealness of it which was i think the most prevalent you know you sort of had, had to kind of kick yourself occasionally and realize what what in fact was going on around you um you know you, you kind of you kind of muscle on through the set, sort of thinking, "Oh, you know, I shouldn't shouldn't really be here. I'm a, I'm an unwelcome guest." You know, <laughs> you're not doing anything. You're just wandering around, sort of, you know, hope, chatting to people who you assume might not be too busy to, yeah, listen to your blatherings. So, um, Come on, you're the creator. You're. Yeah. <laughs> it's still a weird thing to be walking around when everyone's really, really busy and trying to get this thing done. You know, sort of, sort of stood there. Just, just looking into the into the sky or whatever, just ho humming away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've read that they're um, using a lot of your designs as a reference. Can you? Could you see that? Um, yeah, I suppose. I mean, it was it was. Everyone kept saying to me how much they'd looked at the book. You know, and, you know yeah. Taking the zombies and and apparently scenes directly, yeah, ripped directly from. Uh, you know, from the pages of The Walking Dead. But, um, yeah, well, I think that's, that's an honour because of, people have asked me loads of times, have I had any you know, input into the series? And I, you know, I've said, well, no, I haven't. But I've never even, I was never asked. But on the other hand, I never put forward myself to do it because I just thought, well, you know, The Walking Dead, it's not like a, a, a design-heavy TV, you know, TV show. It's not like a science, you know, we didn't, draw a comic, we didn't draw a science fiction comic or a fantasy comic where there are lots of designs I'd be really precious about and I'd say, well, no, no, I, I want to make sure that they create that world just like my world because it's just a natural world. It's the re it's reality. So, you know, that you know, I wouldn't care how they see, you know, Atlanta, for instance, to 
the people that are shooting the show is Atlanta. It's the real city, you know. Ours, ours arguably is the, you know, the copy, the knockoff, because we've drawn it, <laughs> if you see what I mean. So do, do, you, do you get what I'm meaning? It doesn't, it doesn't have, and even zombies, you know, if you're, draw, if you're doing a proper, you know, a realistic dead person, you, you do your research in the morgue. You don't do your research from a comic book. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so, why. So I, was I just wondering. assumed, you know, and any any bit they've taken from 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 the comic is just a, an added bonus to me because they really didn't have to do anything, and I'm I'm not you know overprotective of of what I've drawn because, like I say, you know, I've tried to base it on reality. So you know, you kind of assume they're they're in reality making this TV show. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it, it's one of those things I'm not that fussed about. So like I say, you know, when they keep telling me, oh, no, we've taken a lot from the book, and I see that they've taken a lot from the book, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's amazing. And it's, like I say, and I did just a little bit of the icing on the cake, <laughs> say, especially since they really didn't have to at all. There's one thing I want to be, be sure and um, get to. I, <clears throat> I've, I love the book. It's, it's one of my favorite comics of all time. There was one thing that I found kind of disturbing, and and you talked about it in an interview. Um, can you guess what it is? Uh, the torture scene. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, what? Talk about that. How did you? How did you feel about that? Well, it's one of those things. You see, I, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of off-screen horror. Most most of my horror movies, apart from the thing, the John Carpenter's the thing, which is probably one of my most favorite horror movies. Uh, most of my other favorite horror movies tend to be, you know, ones where most of the horrible stuff happens off screen. So mm-hmm. it's scarier. Yeah, well, you know, I, I genuinely believe the mind is is you know uh, is the ability to conjure up images far worse than what is presented on screen. So fully agree. From that from that standpoint, every time you know, I have to draw something gory. I'm, I am thinking, is this really necessary? Um, having said that, you know, the zombie genre is by its very nature the most gory of zombie, uh, of, of horror um, staples, just because, because you know, you're dealing with wandering corpses that are decomposing constantly <laughs> around you and want to eat you. So, you know, it's, it's, it's very hard to get subtle. But when Robert came up with that plot, it was the only time, you know, I've, I've phoned him in the history of uh, of uh, working together, you know, seven years together, that I've said, come on, Robert, you've got to convince me to draw this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, he did. He convinced me, explained the character, the character motivations and the reason why we had to show it all. Um, and, you know, in the end, I, I you know, I, I agreed with him, you know. Uh, but the funny thing was, and people also asked me, is it, was it disturbing to draw it? So I was like, it was disturbing to read it. Mm-hmm. It's probably disturbing to sort of think about how I'm going to approach it. But when I came down to actually draw it, it's just marks on paper. It's kind of a, it wasn't disturbing to draw at all. You know, um, it's kind of like I say, it's a surreal act when you're drawing. Yeah, you're, 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 you've got a pen, you're putting these black lines onto a piece of paper and suddenly you've, you've created a picture <laughs> you know, and, um, and and it was the same. It was exactly the same act as I, you know, for for that issue. It's just creating a picture, and it's just a bunch of marks on paper. Fairly, you know, it's kind of an emotionally detached process. Uh, it was the the 
where the, there was the emotional connection was actually reading the scripts and you know thinking about it beforehand. I'm loving the way you're describing how you work because, you know, I do some writing and I've heard other writers say that the actual work is torture, but the satisfaction comes when you're finished. But it sounds like when you're working, it's sort of a Zen-like experience. Yeah, sort of. I mean, the inking especially. I draw um, I draw a lot of it in ink, straight down in ink. Um, probably what makes me so fast, but... You know, it takes me about half an hour, three quarters of an hour to lay out in pencils one, you know, one page, and they're very rough. That that actually is the work for me. That that if out of anything, that's when I really have to concentrate and think about it. Um, and in a lot of ways, that's that's kind of the hard work. The inking, which thankfully takes up you know three quarters of the time, is the one is what I term to be the creative. The real creative process where I'm sort of molding the image. It's like it's like um, if you go out and do principal photography on a movie. It's kind of hard work because you're just you know it's almost like you're just getting the scenes together and and you're mindful of the the time and the, you know, you're clock watching because you know you've only got a certain amount of time to do it in. You've got to get all these scenes together and it's a bit of a slog, you know. Um, where the fun comes in with filmmaking uh, is the editing because when you've got all your material that's when you put it all together and create the story and create this big concept or whatever and it's the, it's kind of the same with um, with what I do you know the slog is the penciling the principle of photography as it were and then um, when it's the inking it's it, it is just the fun bit where where I'm bringing it all together, I'm drawing backgrounds, I'm, you know, putting the detail on the faces, putting the shadows in, you know, having, doing all the fun stuff and, and creating a, a really nice page, hopefully, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Have you done some filmmaking? I did it at school, at college, actually, because um, obviously in, over here in the UK, we don't, uh, <laughs> we don't have a, a comics degree course, so... Um, my actual art degree was um, in film and video, so I spent three years with a camera in my hand. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm fairly versed in the language of film, I'd, I'd like to think, anyway, which probably has gone to help me, you know, because lots of people do comment on my work and say, oh, it's really filmic. I was like, no, yeah. I did spend three years <laughs> strange, strange art projects. <laughs> has Getting this TV show, you know, the whole advent of the TV show, has it changed your approach to the comic at all? No, not at all. No, no, no not at all. We, I think Robert, I think Robert and I probably both say we just toot along as normal, you know, and nice. uh, this, this this monstrous thing is happening all around us. I mean, it's probably less, of, even less effective for me because obviously Robert's an, an executive producer and I know for a fact that he's constantly off on on plane trips to you know hollywood and blah 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 and probably doing you know four times more american cons that i conventions that i could ever ever conceive of doing you know and doing all the press junkets etc etc you know and he's the one with the agent and, the <laughs> and everything because i'm stuck here in little old shrewsbury in the uk quiet little town in the suburbs just <laughs> Completely just do anything. You know? <laughs> what what part of England are you in? Um, uh, it's the Midlands. Uh, I'm about 
three quarters of an hour up from Birmingham, so oh, very yeah. central. But yeah. uh, Rosebery is the birthplace of Charles Darwin. <laughs> all right. In the sun. Yeah, all right. Woo! <laughs> Go Darwin. Go evolution. <laughs> yeah, it's the Darwin fan club. <laughs> so, so also I went to the same school as Michael Palin of Monty Python. So uh, not at the same time, I hasten to add. We were a few years apart, but uh, yeah, so that was kind of, that, that's my fate. That's, that's the one that really impresses myself. So. <laughs> Us too. <laughs> yeah. So, Karen, do you have any more questions? No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, so incredibly grateful, Charlie, for you talking to us. You're very articulate. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so, we have one rule on the show, and that's that every guest has to make a zombie sound. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. That Fantastic. Save everyone. <laughs> I'll put it up on eBay. <laughs> I don't know if that'll work, but Okay. Thanks so much, Charlie. We appreciate your time. Okay, no problem, guys. Um yeah. I, I hope good luck with the show anyway. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye. Take it easy. All right. That's our show. Episode seven with Charlie. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thank you so much, Charlie. That was excellent. I very much enjoyed talking to you. Thanks, Charlie. If you can, if you're listening to this, Charlie, thanks. (laughs) Uh, I want to thank, um, I'm thinking we might get some new listeners who want to hear what Charlie had to say. So I'm going to take this opportunity to thank uh, Nathan Melstead for contributing this piece of music that you're hearing right now. It's called Music For Me and it's available on iTunes if you're interested in getting it for yourself. Thanks, Nathan. And I want to thank you, Karen, for getting up at 5.30 this morning to do this interview. Not a problem, (laughs) Jace. Charlie's in the UK. That's awesome. (laughs) And I want to give a shout out here, a couple shout outs, uh, one to the Walking Dead fan club. They listed our poster contest for us the other day and they have a new Walking Dead podcast and you can see it on their website. It's uh, sickone.com. That's S-I-E-K-O-N-E.com. It's a good website. It's got all kinds of forums and information about the Walking Dead. Um, and to just noise podcast it's this uh pop culture podcast hosted by the the duchess and uggers (laughs) 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 anyway it's a video podcast and they're really funny they start drinking just a little bit before they start recording (laughs) (laughs) what's it called again it's called just noise podcast at just noise podcast.com pretty pretty hilarious they talk about movies tv shows comics games and all kinds of stuff like that and um they they mentioned us in a recent podcast so i'm gonna play a little excerpt from that okay i've been listening to walking dead cast because i've i actually kind of got interviewed for it at comic-con and that's a really really good show to follow or podcast to follow for this show just hide the boss. But they also talk about other zombie stuff, which was yeah. interesting for me because, and, and 
I thought they did it really well because they yeah. talk about a lot of background stuff, which is yeah, really cool. Yeah, it's really cool. It's really cool. And, like, the director, and now, like, I, I want to see The Mist now because they saw The Mist. I haven't seen oh, The Mist. Oh, me too. See? see? It was in yeah, my head. See? So now they we're going to have to fucking watch The Mist because fucking they, the walking dead <laughs> cast watched The Mist. Jesus Christ. How are we going to, like, compare to them except, you know, over a video? Because <laughs> uh, we're so hot. <laughs> so that's walkingdeadcast.com? Yeah. Okay. You said it about 20 times. I said dude. it twice. They're not paying us. So. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> they didn't mention us more. <laughs> we're just paying our dues, honey. Just that's paying funny. our dues. <laughs> wow. So you have to guess which one of those is the Duchess and which one's Uggers. Right, right. I, I, I can pretty much figure it out. And wow, they really have been drinking. <laughs> yeah. That's so, great. Thanks a lot, guys. Uh, if you want to check them out, they're at justnoisepodcast.com. I love them. Mm-hmm. Me too. Uh, so I, I wanted to remind everybody of the poster contest. Best zombie sound wins. So if you want to win a full-size Drew Struzan Walking Dead poster, call 650-485-DEAD and make your best zombie sound. And don't forget to leave your email. Or better yet, if you just record yourself, you can send an MP3 file or whatever to brains at walkingdeadcast.com and enter by October 1st. And just so you know, you're going to be competing with Charlie Adlard. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) He might win. He might win. That's true. That was a pretty damn good one. His was great. Did. And yeah. it, came, uh, it was an international zombie sound. Just saying. <laughs> did you hear the accent? He <laughs> <laughs> was drinking tea. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if you want to contact us, h- how do people contact us? <laughs> You're like, I don't know. <laughs> no, no, no. I actually, I actually, no. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. People can contact us. Um, you can email us at brains at walkingdeadcast.com. No, the at the beginning. Call us at 650-485-DEAD. That's 650-485-3323. You can check out our website and leave comments at walkingdeadcast.com. And we're on Twitter at, at Jason and Karen. And we're on Facebook. Just search for Walking Deadcast. Exactly. And, and then for our next show, um, recording on a Monday, so it should be up on Tuesday, September 28th. And for that show, the Deadcast Top 5 is going to be the five scariest, scariest movies you've ever seen. Ever. Your five So ones that really movies. frightened you. Right. Yeah. So go to our website or send us an email and tell us what some of the scariest movies you've ever seen are, and we'll give our own. And, and by the way, I think we already, we even have Charlie's, like, number one. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. I, you know, I'm going to have to go back and, because I don't remember the The Thing name. by John Carpenter. Oh, that was his number the, one? Oh, that's what he said, huh? Yeah, he said Yeah, probably. probably the scariest movie, just in terms of scary, was The Thing, John Carpenter's Thing. And I'm like, oh, I've never seen that. I've got to see it. Me neither. Yeah, we gotta watch yeah. that. Yeah, that would be a good like pre-Halloween, pre-Walking Dead. Pre-Walking Dead. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay, I think that's it. Great. That's our show. Thanks for listening. Don't, Don't get, get bit. bit. <laughs>